scripture commands believers to be filled with the Spirit. What does that mean and how do you do that? Get your Bibles and let's talk about it. Anything short of a spirit-filled life is less than God's plan for every believer. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? It's a command. So if we're going to obey it, we need to understand what it means. Let's start with the basics. In our previous lessons, we've established from Scripture that every Christian possesses the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9 says, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So to be a Christian, one has to be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So how is a believer filled with him? There is a difference between being indwelt and filled. Usually when we think of filling, we think of a glass or a gas tank or a box. But the word fill here in the original language is rich and interesting. Sometimes the word that is used in the original language is used for the wind filling the sail of a ship. It moves the ship along and it's the idea of being carried along. It's to be energized and moved along by the Spirit of God. You don't move on your own. Every energy that we have comes from the Holy Spirit. We don't move by our own ideas and by our own wills. We're carried by the Spirit of God, like the wind filling a sail and carrying a ship. There's also the idea in this word of something that permeates. Think of salt. If you put salt in a pot of soup, it flavors the whole pot. It permeates the whole pot, or a few drops of lemon in a glass of iced tea. Permeate the whole glass. It permeates. And so we're to be permeated with the Holy Spirit so that when others are around us, they experience the aroma and flavor of God. If you spray perfume or air freshener, the air is filled with the aroma, with a fragrance. And so as the Holy Spirit fills our lives, that's what we are intended to do to the world around us. Being with a believer ought to be likened to being with God. He flavors our lives. He gives our lives aroma that is like His. And so think of being dominated by an emotion. Uh, we use these terms sometimes and we see them in scripture, things like phrases like full of joy or full of fear or full of sorrow. Well, when we use those phrases, we're saying that we can be controlled by those emotions. It can, it can control us as it influences our thinking and our emotions. So joy, you know what it is to just be almost giddy and it affects everything that you think, but then there's sorrow that affects everything that you feel and everything you think, because you can be full of joy or full of sorrow. Well, when a believer is filled with the Spirit of God, 
he or she is dominated or controlled by him, moved along by him, permeated with the fragrance and the flavor of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ himself yielded the control of his life to the power of the Spirit of God. He was full of the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit is the idea of being driven by the Spirit of God, of being moved by the Spirit of God, of being permeated by the Spirit of God. We get a good understanding of being filled in the context of the command to be filled. That command is in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. And it says this, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. Well, what's dissipation? Dissipation would be like reckless actions or immoral activity. So he's associating being drunk with those things. He said, do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 carries us into that contrast. So this contrast here means that a person who is filled with alcohol is controlled or dominated by alcohol. The presence and power of alcohol override a person's normal abilities, his thinking and his actions. We often say a person is under the influence of alcohol, DUI, driving under the influence. Uh, it may even mean driving under the influence of some mind or behavior altering drug. But whatever it is, you've seen, maybe you've heard the comment, or maybe you've seen somebody who's had too much alcohol, and you might say, that's alcohol speaking. So we know when that happens that that person is under the control. He's driven by, he is fragranced by, really, uh, that alcohol he's controlled by. So that is the contrast to being filled with the Spirit. When we're filled with the Spirit, he controls us. Think of being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. That's a beautiful thought, isn't it? But that's what he's telling us here. To be filled with the Spirit means that the believer is controlled by the Spirit and has unlimited spiritual resources. Let's think for a moment about the verb tense here. It's interesting as well. The command to be filled with the Spirit actually has the idea of being continuously filled. Uh, the original language literally says, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit or be being kept filled. That's interesting. Be being kept filled by the Spirit. So we're not filled once and for all like a bucket. Think of a mountain spring, 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 I'm sorry, mountain spring that is continuously flowing and that it just never runs dry. It goes on and on and on. The water runs constantly. And if you put a bucket under it, the bucket will always be filled to the brim and running over. The water is always available. Uh, this continuous filling by the Holy Spirit is what Jesus was teaching to the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. Why don't you turn there with me for a moment? Gospel of John chapter 4. Verse 
and verses 13 and 14. Jesus is speaking to her. We usually refer to her as the woman at the well. And Jesus answered her and said, Everyone who drinks of this water, the water in the well, shall thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water springing up into eternal life. So there will be a spring of water. That's what Jesus is talking about here. It's a constant water, a constant filling. So the water is always available. And so this is continuous filling. And that's the picture that scripture is painting for us here. Uh, look also at John chapter 7 and verse 38. It says this, He who believes in me, Jesus is speaking, He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. The overflowing spring and the continual river speak of this constant supply of the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't speak of little trickles of water. He wasn't talking about little creeks that we talk about here in the southern United States. He's talking about rivers of living water. Think, if you will, of big rivers. Think Amazon and not the company, the river, <laughs> the Danube. Think of, in the United States, the Mississippi River or the Colorado River. Big rivers constantly flowing, strength, moving, dynamic. So we are to make ourselves available to the Holy Spirit so that when He fills us, we become conduits of blessing to the world. We just become pipes through whom the Holy Spirit flows. And as we receive blessings, then those blessings flow through us to go into the world around us. And we become that influence, that fragrance, that aroma of Christ. And the world around us, around us begins to be permeated with Him, by Him. So personally, I believe that the Bible teaches that there is one baptism in the Spirit. One baptism in the Spirit. And that's when we come to faith in Christ and that baptism is when we are placed into Him. And at the moment of salvation, there are at least two things that happen simultaneously. We're placed into Christ, baptized into Him, and we are indwelt by Him, and He comes into us. So we are in Him, and He is in us. But the Bible teaches that there are many fillings. The baptism and the filling, not the same thing. So there are times in our lives when we are not under control of the Holy Spirit. There are times when this living water of which Jesus spoke, this, this continual filling by the Holy Spirit fails to flow in our lives. It's not because God denies it. It's because we refuse to meet the conditions for being filled with the Holy Spirit. So we access it. How do we access the power of the Holy Spirit in, in our lives? How does a sail access the wind that is blowing? What do we do 
to make ourselves available for that feeling. Well, when we are filled with the Spirit, it is not a matter of how much of the Spirit we have. It is a matter of how much the Spirit has of us. Did you get that? We don't get parts of the Spirit. We don't get an arm or a leg or certain parts of the Spirit. That Spirit is already in us. It is permeating us. And so our job is to live in such a way to meet the conditions so that we can access that Spirit. He can access us for it to move through our lives into the world through other people. When we are saved, we receive all of the Holy Spirit. We don't just receive pieces of Him or parts of Him. We receive all of the Holy Spirit when we're saved. It is all of the Holy Spirit that indwells us. Now, the Bible doesn't give us this neat, concise recipe for being filled with the Holy Spirit, but it does have a lot to say about it. In his book entitled The Holy Spirit, Billy Graham summarizes the New Testament teaching with three words. These are words you can grasp and remember first time around. Three words, understanding, submission, and faith. Understanding, submission, and faith. First, let's talk about understanding. There are certain truths that God has given to us in His Word that we need to know and understand that we receive that are on the tips of our minds, our mouths all the time. And what are, what are those basics? First thing is we know, we know that God has given to us His Holy Spirit and that He dwells within us. Scripture is very clear about that. That's what it is to be born again. It's what it is to be saved. So that Holy Spirit dwells within us. And when we're saved, the Holy Spirit indwells us. He comes in, takes up residence in us. And so I may not necessarily feel His presence. I may not just experience anything ecstatic, but He is there. And He is there because that's what He said. He is there because it's what He said. His indwelling presence is a fact. And so God does not lie. And that's what he said. And so he's there whether you feel like it or not. There may be times you feel the Holy Spirit. There may be times you don't feel the Holy Spirit. But that does not negate what God said about it. So we accept the truth of what God says about that by faith. That's what he said. Jesus said, I will not, the Holy Spirit will not be with you. He will be in you. That's what he said. And so we accept that truth by faith. Second thing is God commands us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's interesting and maybe another lesson that he doesn't command us to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He commands us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is his work. It's his part. Our part is to work with him in this concept of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And he commands us to be filled. To not be filled with the Holy Spirit is contrary to the Word of God. Now that's kind of dangerous ground because a lot of times when we don't understand this or some of us in our denominations don't hear a lot about it, we just don't think about it. We just kind of push it aside and think, well, I'm saved. That's all I need to know. But he commands us to be filled and that makes it serious. He wants to fill us, but we have to let him. 
We have to work with him. So the next thing is that before we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, do you know what we have to do? We have to deal honestly and completely with every known sin in our lives. We got to do it. That's part of what it is of accessing the Holy Spirit that is in us. It is part of what we're doing in walking with him in the aroma and the fragrance that is Christ and the power that is Christ. Because remember, the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. He's just like Jesus. He is Jesus. He is that form of God living in us. Uh, have you ever had a clogged water pipe? Have you ever had one? Or maybe a, a clogged up garden hose, or maybe you've had frozen water pipes. Or let's go one worse. Have you ever had clogged arteries? That's not a good thought, not a pleasant thought, is it? Well, sin is like trash, like the trash or the blockage in our spiritual pipes. When you've got a clogged water pipe, the water can't flow through freely. In our spiritual lives, when we have got sin that is clogging us, that's clogging that flow of the Spirit, we need to deal with that. We've got to deal with that. And the only solution to clear the spiritual blockage is confession and repentance of sin. That's how you get rid of it. That's what God has told us, that that's how we get rid of it. So the blood of Jesus unclogs our lives so that the Holy Spirit can flow freely. Sin is the great clogger of spiritual pipes. Sin is the great clogger that keeps us from being the conduit of the flow of the Holy Spirit that God has built us for. The blood of Christ is the great cleanser. That's how we open them up. That's how we deal with it. So first of all, we have to understand those things, buy into those things, implement those things in our lives. And that moves us to the second word, submission. Submission. This means I have to bow to him and do life his way instead of my way. You know, I remind myself of that so many times. The essence of sin is doing my way instead of God's way. In anything, anywhere, anytime, whenever I choose my way over God's way, that is sin. And so submission is when I bow before him and choose to do it his way <clears throat> instead of my way. The essence of sin is self-will. Self-will. It is when I, 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 I sit on the throne of my life instead of allowing him to sit in the throne, on the throne of my life. When I enthrone Christ as the ruler, as the Lord of my life. And when I do that, that frees up the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. So if we are ever going to be filled, if we're ever going to be controlled and dominated by the Spirit, then we have got to place Christ at the center of our lives instead of ourselves. This happens as we submit to him. And Christ calls us to not only believe in him, but to follow him. That was the call to the disciples. Follow me, follow me. 
do what I do, come follow me. And so we're called to be at his disposal. We're his servant and we are to be ready and eager to do his will. Submit. So understanding, submission, and then the third one is faith. Faith. We understand God's truths. We submit to what God says. And when we fulfill the scriptural requirements for being filled, what are those? That's dealing with sin by confession and repentance and submitting and doing what God says. That's what it is to be filled, to be controlled by the Spirit. When we do that, then we can say by faith, I know that I am filled with the Spirit. And again, that's not about emotion. That doesn't mean you will never feel an emotion, but you can be filled, you're filled with the Holy Spirit based on faith, not feeling. The filled person, what's going to happen when we're filled with the Holy Spirit? What are you going to see? You know what the first thing is to look for? You know, the, the first things, you know how you really know if a person is filled by, with the Holy Spirit? They're going to be like Jesus and they're going to display the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So when you're looking to see if somebody's filled with the Spirit, you're not going to look for emotions. You're not going to look for intriguing behaviors. You're going to look for the fruit of the Spirit. It's not to say, I'm not saying that those things may not happen to some people, but the key, the key to the whole thing in being filled with the Spirit is you're going to have the fruit of the Spirit. They're going to be displayed in your life, in your attitudes, in your choices, in your decisions. Because why? That's what Jesus looked like. That's what Jesus looked like. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the things that were a part of Jesus' life. It's who he was. What? He was permeated with those things. And when we're filled with the Spirit, we're going to be permeated with those things. They're going to affect everything about us. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has been given freedom to affect everything about us. What we think, what we say, how we behave, how we treat others, how we think about others. And so what happens for that to flow freely, then I have had to put every known sin and hindrance out of the way so that there is clear flowing of all of those things through my life as one being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so how do I know that I'm filled? I do what the Word says do. I do the verse. I deal with sin. I deal with any known sin in my life by confession and repentance. I believe what God says. I submit to what He tells me to do. I'm going to be obedient to the next thing He tells me to do and keep on doing that. And the Spirit's going to flow through me. How do I know that? Because that's what God said. 
And so by faith, I am filled. It is a matter of faith, not feeling. It is a matter of faith, not feeling. And so it is a continuous reality every day. Because why? Because I'm not a perfect person and I'm not going to always obey and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what am I doing? I've got a lifestyle of constantly surrendering myself to the Lord and constantly confessing and repenting of my sin as a lifestyle. And I do it over and over again. And that's why there are many fillings. So I may be filled in this moment because I'm there. And then in the next moment, I want to kick the cat and I've got to go do it again. So I'm filled again. So every time that I'm confessing my sin and surrendering to the Lord and dealing with my sin, I'm being filled all over again. And it's like a river flowing. It's like an artesian well or a spring of water that's flowing through us without obstruction because we've dealt with our sin. And sin what is what clogs the flowing of the Holy Spirit through us. So I'm continuously being filled. How come? Because God said so. Because God said so. And I've had people say to me, well, I just don't feel like it. Well, are there days when you don't feel saved? Some people would say yes. How do I know that I'm saved? Is it because I'm having a really good day and I feel really good, so I'm saved today? No. How do I know? Because God said so. This word is the authority. It's what we stand on. It's the fullness of God on paper. And so we can receive that. And so we know because God said so, not because of performance not because of ecstasy, not because of feeling. We know because of faith. And what is faith? Believing what God said and acting on it. That's what faith is. Believing what God said and acting on it. So we are the temple of God. We're his house. We are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The way the world knows Jesus today is by looking at us. That's a horrifying thought, is it not? That's why the essence of sin is when my behavior and my mouth and my thoughts show, tell the world that Jesus is something that he is not. That is sin. And so we are the temple of God. We're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. But he can only control us as we choose to be emptied of self and surrender to him. Do you ever wear a glove years ago? Ladies, we all wore gloves. It was the dressy thing to do. And sometimes you still see them. I see Queen Elizabeth wearing gloves. But when you wear a glove, when you fill a glove with your hand, what does that glove do? Does whatever your hand does, right? I can't lay that glove on a table and say, glove, I need for you to go play the piano. Has no power of its own, does it? If I want that glove to play the piano, what am I going to have to do? Put my hand in the glove and go play the piano. A glove cannot do anything without a hand. Now listen to me. As Christians, we are God's glove. We're a glove. And we cannot do anything without the Holy Spirit. 
we get him when we're saved. That's what makes us saved. But the more I cooperate with him and surrender to him and deal with known sin in my life, the more I am filled, the more freely the Holy Spirit can flow through my life as conduit. And it's going to affect the world around me. We're going to be the fragrance of God. We're going to be the aroma of God. We're going to permeate society. And when he told us, you are to be light and salt, he empowered us to do that. How? By the presence of the Holy Spirit. As a Christian, we are his glove. We are his temple. We are his display. A.W. Tozer said this, Modern religion focuses upon filling churches with people. The true gospel emphasizes filling people with God. Let it be so. Amen.